Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into our Deal Closers podcast from Website Closers. I'm here today with my friend and cohort colleague, Nate Lind. We will be talking about addbacks. What is an addback? How can it increase the value of your business? And how we help sellers find additional money uh, on their P&L uh, to, to maximize the value of their business as we take it to market. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Isaac. I'm excited to help uh, everybody that's listening get the most money for their business possible and share what's uh, what's realistic and what buyers are pushing back on and what they roll over on out there. Thanks, Nate. Good to be here. Yeah, it's really, really interesting topic. You know, I've been speaking with a lot of buyers and sellers. You know, you and I have worked on a bunch of deals together. And this the concept of, of an ad back, what is an ad back? What isn't an ad back? When are we being too aggressive with ad backs? And sometimes when are we not being aggressive enough? is something that has come up a lot recently. So I thought it would be really helpful to just talk through, you know, conceptually why we use addbacks and why it's very important to to think through these non-recurring expenses and how that impacts the valuation of the business and how we go to market with with companies that we represent at website closers. And I think the best way to do that is to look at a live example. So I understand you've got a sample for us to take a look at. Why don't we uh, go ahead and jump into that? If you share your screen, we can look at the financials and zoom in and play around and just kind of bat it back and forth. So the first concept I wanted to talk through here was an ad back. In order to be considered an ad back, the, it's, it's something that was expensed on the P&L that we believe, seller believes, and, and that the, you know, in our case, the broker at Website Closers believes is non-recurring expense, or it was a personal expense of the owner. And so these are things, generally speaking, that go away when the new buyer acquires the company. So this is a case of a business that we uh, sold recently, relatively small company. And, and, it's, and it's the case with some of these businesses that the owners have a lot of personal expenses that run through the P&L. And so this is this is something that almost any small business owner, closely held business does to reduce their tax liability. It's perfectly legal. It's it's in fact a great strategy to to maximize your earnings while you own the business. But when you sell the business, all those personal expenses don't get transferred to the new owner. So we need to think about what they are and how we give the seller credit for the cash flow that is being generated by the business. So this is a P&L kind of just start at the top just so and, and we'll put a link to this in your chat right Nate yep yep we'll we'll make sure that anyone that's listening to this or watching this has access to this afterwards you can click on the comments of wherever you find the show and for the podcast audience I'm going to just verbally describe everything we're doing here if, in case you don't have uh, the visual and, and we'll also give a link to the Excel file here so this company is around a four hundred thousand dollar a year revenue business and the owners have owned this business for approximately 15 years. They've grown it and managed it really well. And as we went to market this and take it to market, we started to analyze the profit and loss statement and look for some of these personal expenses. And, and it turns out that there are a number of the owner's personal expenses and other non-recurring expenses that we treated as an add back to the uh, what we call SDE, seller discretionary earnings, essentially the free cash flow of the business. And then we we add these ad backs to net income to come up with the SDE. And that's what we use to base our multiple on. So in this case, we've got expenses here, automobile expenses. These are the personal automobiles of the of the owners. They're able to expense business vehicles, you know, for tax purposes. But certainly those vehicles and the expenses of those vehicles don't get transferred to a new owner. So we treat those as an ad back. So we basically add up these line items for the whole year, and we add that to their net income. 
Charitable contributions is another one that shows up here. It's a re relatively small dollar amount. There's $218 in charitable contributions, but that is a, you know, that's a discretionary expense. A new owner could choose to make charitable contributions, but they're certainly not going to be required to do that. Computer and internet expense is an interesting one. This is this is their home uh, computers, the their Wi-Fi. This one we 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 treat it as an ad back because it is their personal expense. You know this this is one that came up in our diligence as a the buyer determined that they were going to have the same expense going forward. So this was actually uh, one that the buyer pushed back. And Nate, how often is it when you're on your deals that you know, we've got ad backs represented in the in the transaction. And when you get into due diligence, buyers, you know, want to talk about them, uh, validate the ad backs and sometimes, um, and, and, you know, push back on the ad backs. I don't usually see it happen too much onesie twosie. Usually it happens on the front end as a part of the overall negotiation of the business. So prior to the LOI, uh, you know, being produced on the buy side, usually they go in and kind of, you know, figure what's going to work for them. And then as they approach the business with an offer, it's kind of a, here's the offer, you know, and infrequently, quite frankly, to answer your question, we don't do a whole lot of, I, I have not seen a whole lot of buyers, you know, dig into the ad backs in due diligence. Usually it's done kind of in the negotiation phase up front with the LOI. Uh, another big one that we see a lot are salary expenses of the owner. And so this one is is worth thinking through a little bit. So in this case, the owner's spouse is taking a salary of $19,800. She was involved in the business. That cash flow is going to be available to the buyer. So that is an add back. And then in addition, whenever you have wages that are getting added back, you need to think through the taxes and the benefits that were also associated with that employee. It's not uncommon for small businesses to have family members on salary that don't actually have a role in the business. Those are absolutely addbacks. In some cases, we see where the owner's taking large compensation, where they've got a, a very profitable business. They're taking compensation that is in excess of what the average wages for that role would be that will add back the amount that's over the replacement salary. So if a, if a new buyer comes in, they've got to add an employee to do what the previous owner was doing. The difference between that salary and what the old owner was paid could be an ad back. So to, to run through some numbers there, Nate, if, if you had a business and you're taking a $500,000 a year salary and the buyer comes in and is going to hire a manager to do the work you've been doing to do, you've been doing for $100,000 a year, we would treat that as a, as a $400,000 ad back because that extra $400,000 will be available to the new owner. Yeah. I, and a comment here, I see this actually happen a lot the other way, especially on larger deals. The owner of the business is not on salary. They are not on payroll. They're just taking distributions or uh, they're, they're just, they're pulling their equity out of the business on the balance sheet. And a buyer will, you know, will commonly say, well, I, I someone's got to run the business. I, I'm going to have to either hire somebody or I'm going to have to pay, you know, a consulting agreement to the founder to stick around. And it's going to cost me at least $150,000 a year. And, and that is something that does come up regularly uh, on the deals that I've worked on after the LOI. And they'll discuss that as a part of due diligence and what's fair remuneration for somebody who's, who's doing the operational aspects that the founder is doing. And if in fact the founder is truly hands-off and is doing, you know, kind of serving more as like a board member or very passive, at that point, he already has a team, usually, you know, some executives or upper level managers that's running the business that is included in salary. And in those cases, uh, most buyers can can understand that, although it still seems to be fairly rare and that, you know, our marketplace focuses a lot on the one million to one hundred and fifty million dollar size businesses. And even in that range, 
it's still fairly rare for me to see owners that are truly passive or hands-off. They typically have some level of active involvement in the business. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and when, when we have those ad backs for staff that needs to be added after the transaction, those, can, those are considered to be negative ad backs. Those are reductions to the net income. And then we apply the multiple for the particular deal to that, to that number net of that uh, negative ad back in that case. That's a great point. Yeah, you had some good ones in here up above that though, like retirement, and and uh, that's we. I never have any pushback from buyers when they're uh, the owner has four hundred one k or some kind of retirement planning. That's easy owner benefit. That's not a another another category here that was pretty significant for this deal was the shareholder medical insurance. So both the the owners' uh, personal health insurance are running through the business. And so this is this was in this case $6500 uh, and it actually it was over $11,000 in the prior year here. So that was a significant significant add back that expense goes away after the sale of this business. Yeah. Times that by 5, you know, some of the multiples we're seeing on businesses is $30,000. That's a that's a whopper. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, our job as brokers is to make sure that we have analyzed the, the P&L and really found every dollar of value that, that we can and, and that we can substantiate and represent fairly to, to the buyers that we're working with. We spend quite a bit of time making sure that we understand the business, making sure that we understand what the ongoing costs are going to be, as well as what non-recurring expenses are that we are able to, to add back to the profitability of the business. And that's very unique to us. The other guys out there that you know are, are doing mergers and acquisitions often don't spend any time looking at reviewing, finessing the financials, looking for value propositions, looking for add backs. It's absolutely in the best benefit of the, of the seller to have somebody with, with knowledgeable guidance from the marketplace of who on the buy side, you know, what add backs they agree to, what they won't agree to. Because uh, if we can find, you know, 100,000, 10,000, 100,000, $200,000 in add backs, um, multiply that by the multiple. And that's the extra money that uh, the seller can expect to get at sale. Yeah, and another big one that I've seen, it's not on this particular deal, but that I see regularly are non-recurring legal expenses for uh, either severance or lawsuits that have been settled. It happens in business that there's a, is a lawsuit that could be a one-off event in a prior year that's that's part of our analysis for, for evaluation. If we have reason to believe that that has been settled, the expense has been fully recognized and that it won't be repeated then, then we'll treat that legal expense or severance expense from, from terminated employees as an ad back. Now that will typically bring up another diligence point for a buyer to make sure that there's no uh, liability there post-closing that they need to be aware of. But um, that, is, that is one that is, is a, a fully legitimate ad back and that we see on a, on a pretty regular basis. You made, an, you made another point, Nate, that I thought was really good around the equity section. So uh, I've had sellers, a, a number of sellers ask me, you know, hey, I've, I've take, I take distributions out of the company. Can those be treated as an ad back? And so that gets back to this concept of it's only an ad back if, it is an, if it's been expensed on the P&L. So distributions uh, are, and withdrawals are typically run through the balance sheet. They go through the equity section in the balance sheet. They're not reflected on the P&L. And so because they haven't, they haven't reduced the net income, we can't add them back, which is, which is fine. It's a perfectly good way to take money out of your company through distributions, but it doesn't count as an ad back. But it also, those distributions have not been removed from the earnings of your business. So you're essentially getting credit for, for that uh, pre-distribution revenue already. 
Yeah. And, and just beware that when we get into a larger size deal, the buyer is going to push back on that one almost 100% of the time saying that somebody's doing some work and there has to be some ex, you know, expense associated with that human capital, that brain power that's going into the business. Yeah. And in particular, when we deal with institutional investors and buyers, private equity firms, you know, they've, they've got to hire private or uh, professional management to run these companies. And so they do have a real expense that they will layer into the business. It, I think it's a different conversation when we've got individuals who are buying the business to run it themselves, because then, you know, they will essentially do that job, but they're getting the income them directly. And so the ad backs sometimes are treated differently based on who the buyer is because of the way that the business will be run going forward based on that specific buyer. And then that that's a question for the seller. We get those offers in. You know, it's not uncommon for us, Nate, to get multiple offers on on a lot of our deals at, at website closers. And so, you know, part of our job then with uh, with the sellers is is helping them go through the offers, really understand what the structures are, what the implications are for for various buyers and and helping them pick kind of the, the best offer that's going to going to net them the best result uh, at the closing. Absolutely. We've got some other typical ones in here, like repairs and maintenance. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that one. That's it's not quite as normal as like cell phones is almost always an at back. We don't have a lot of pushback on that. You know, personal equipment, computers and that kind of stuff. I don't usually hear a lot of complaint about that either. And, tra- and travel for sure. We I routinely get travel added back without complaint on the buy side. Yeah, there's there's a few here that were I would say somewhat non-standard, but uh, that we included in this in this transaction. So we've got an ad back for accounting expenses, and in this case, there was seven thousand three hundred ninety-three dollars for accounting expenses. And what we found out is that actually eighty percent of that expense was the owner's personal accounting services. So that's their personal tax returns. They have another business, and so all of the accounting was actually running through this P and L. So we verified that those were uh, accounting services not related to the business, and we actually added back just under $6,000 or 80% of the, of the expenses that were not specific to this business. But there were accounting expenses that were part of the ongoing operations of the business, and those are not an add back uh, because they'll continue to be expenses going forward, presumably. Similarly here, these owners had multiple businesses. They've got office general administrative expenses. These were expenses that were shared between the two businesses that run through this P&L. Their other business was a more of a startup business. And so we stripped out the expenses from the other business and we, we treated uh, half of those expenses as an add back. So that's less common, Nate, that we have some percentage of expenses added back. But it is a possibility and something to think about when there are you know, a portion of a category that's not related to the business. And, and it, it does happen from time to time that way. Absolutely. And it's important to remember, too, that for any of these ad backs, kind of make it through and still be included as your SDE in your final closing, that you have documentation to support where these expenses are, where they came from, and especially if you're doing some, you know, percentages and there's some crossover in the expense with other with another business, that's going to come up and you just have to show some some sort of proof of it in due diligence. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great point. The uh, a buyer, you know, it's it's one thing for us to say it's an ad back because it was a personal expense, but but a buyer is going to want us to verify that and validate it during due diligence. And so you know, as we're putting these deals together, we're making sure that we have um, the information to to support 
our conclusion that these expenses are going to be non-recurring and not part of the uh, business going forward. And then that becomes that becomes information we share with the buyer after the deal is under contract. Something else to note too, the more complicated this is, the longer it takes for the buyer to verify this in due diligence. So if you're looking for a quick close and you've got a whole checklist of, of interesting or non-standard addbacks, that may be a little bit against your, or the antithesis of what you're trying to accomplish because they need to verify all that. And it takes time. It's not just, you know, looking at a you know, at a P&L and saying, okay, they, they want some substantiation and you have to go find that. That's not something that we as brokers have access to. So on the sell side, you've got to dig into, okay, well, how do I substantiate this? What does that look like? Is, you know, bank statement, is there some receipts, you know, digging into QuickBooks, zero, uh, whatever the accounting software is, having all that uh, stuff prepared can smooth, can make due diligence go much more smoothly. And it can also expedite the process, but it just takes time to review. Yeah, and we also see a number of deals where there are essentially no addbacks. The the you know we've got uh, just the income from the business, the direct expenses of the business, no owner salary, no personal expenses. Uh, Nate, you and I just looked at one uh, either yesterday or today that was that had you know virtually no no I think actually had no addbacks. Um, very clean P and L, and and so we see that frequently too. It's, it's, it's certainly just a, a, a choice of how an owner is, is running their business and their financial statements where, you know, we're able to work with really with any, any style of, of management through our brokerage process. But to your point, I think it, it's less for a buyer to do diligence. It, it is not necessarily a bad thing to have addbacks in your transaction because we, we do work with them quite frequently. If I were to go back in time and have a conversation with any potential you know seller and could give them some advice around how to set up their, their corporate structure, I would advise them to have a 100% owned pass-through LLC that in that entity, they have all of their personal you know travel or, or uh, automotive expenses, cell phones, put it in there and then have an additional LLC that is the operating entity of the e-commerce store or the digital marketing agency or whatever it is, and keep that one super clean with no personal expenses on it. Because then you can render a profit and loss and a balance sheet at the operating entity level free from any you know, nuances of personal expenses, um, which you can still capitalize on in your holding company and get the tax benefit from that at that level. And it makes things so much cleaner and easier to get through due diligence and sell the, the underlying operating business entity, whatever it is, it's actually doing the work without having to go through all of this hassle of the ad backs. So you get the best of both worlds. You get all of your, all of those expenses from a taxable perspective and you get the full benefit of the revenue at the operating entity level, which is transitioning over to a buyer. Yeah, I like that structure a lot. And, you know, one of the other things that that we will do with sellers is is help them strategize starting up uh, how to start up and structure their next business after they after they sell a business. We've had sellers that have had multiple exits with website closers. And so kind of once a seller has been through that process once or twice, I think it's it you start to see those, you know, more sophisticated corporate structures in place that that are really designed to prepare from the beginning a company to be ready to be sold, you know, at a, at a future point in time. And so, you know, we can, we can certainly get involved and offer our strategic guidance at any point in that cycle um, when we're working with the seller. So a few other, you know, ones here that, that I think we, we didn't talk about 
there's janitorial services here, which is actually in this case was just the you know the cleaning service for the for the the business owner's home. There were you know office supplies and, and software were just miscellaneous expenses that are being run run through the business. So you know th- this this is a uh, you know. Yeah, this is a great example of probably the dirtiest, <laughs> not like dirty in a bad way, but it's the most, you know, maybe mo- one of the more complicated. More complicated. Set of, yeah, it's more yeah. complicated. And, and so on our, our cash flow analysis, you know, we had to spend some extra time detailing this out, making sure we had supporting documentation to substantiate these uh, expenses were personal in nature and, and, and then helping the, helping the buyer really kind of go through the process to, to, to validate them all. Awesome. Any final comments on advacs, Isaac? No, I think just the, you know, the, the main concept is if the expense goes away after the transaction or is just non-recurring in nature, it's something that should be included in the valuation of your business. We total up all the cash flow. We look at kind of a market multiple for the particular deal industry growth rate, and that's how we get to our listing price target. And so it's important as a seller to understand the potential add back categories that can increase the value of your business. It's important as a buyer to understand why there are add backs and if, if you, you know, if you should accept them or if they're, if those are, are valid, uh, it's important for us as, as brokers to really get deep into the P&L and have really detailed conversations with our sellers so that we can find the best value for for the business uh, as we're taking it to market. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. If you found any value in an educational value in this video, please hit subscribe below. Uh, Also hit the bell so you get notified when new videos come out. And uh, stay tuned because we've always got more great stuff coming up. Thank you. Check us out on Deal Closers podcast and uh, great talking with everyone.